Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. Real quickly, I want to read this and then we're going to go with this lesson. I have a word for you. God is going to speak to your heart today. The Bible says, as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set up for Jerusalem. In the King James, it says it a little different. And I want to point this out because this is a part of my title of the message. It says, and it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. One translation said that he should go up. It was time for him to, to move. And so the Bible says it was time for him to be received up to heaven. So he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Verse 52 says, he sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. What's interesting about a village and what's different between a village and a city is that cities had walls and villages had none. That's the simple difference between a village and a city back in these days. But the Bible says he sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. Next verse says, but the people of the village did not welcome him. And I want to clarify that because I didn't last week. When it says they did not welcome him, you get the picture that he went there and people kind of ignored him. It was a little bit more forceful than that. When he came to the, to the, uh, the border of the city, they literally met him at the city, I mean at the village doors or, or the entrance and told him you're not welcome here. They didn't let him in. That's what that says. The people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Their thing is, you're not coming to us, you're coming through us. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call out fire from heaven to burn them up? In the next verse, the Bible says in King James, give me King James, on the Bible says, but he turned and rebuked them and said, read what he said to them. He said what? You know not what manner of... May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's be seated. I want to begin this lesson. I want, I want us to, as I want to really, really get to the heart of this. And, and so what, what happens in this, in this uh, text that we're preaching, and there's so much I have to share with you in this. It's going to bless you. Last week we talked about a lot. I want to give you a brief review. But we talked about the adversarial process that comes about when transition happens. We don't understand transition. And because of the wounds of our past, many of us are measure and understand transition and change as rejection. But in order for God to get you to where you need to be and to do in you what he needs to do, God has to transition you. One of the things that we, I, I talked about this on last week, I'm just going to do a quick review, is, is, is that we, no one prepares us for certain times of life. And so God has to transition us to certain times of life. No one prepared us to get older. And people freak out. I remember when I turned 30, I remember exactly where I was, sitting in a recording, uh, uh, at a record company in Nashville, trying to sign a record deal. I turned 30 that day, and when I left, I was depressed the whole day. You know what I said? I said, I'm old. I was 30. Because <laughs> no one prepared me to be 30. And when I turned 40, it was a different, a different impact because I didn't expect to live to 40 because no one I knew had lived to 40. No one I grew up with had lived to 40. And so it was weird. I turned 40, and here I was. My brother died at 40. And so for me, I'm 40. I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's coming. Here comes something big is going to happen. And it didn't. All that happened was God kept using me and transitioning me. Then when I turned 50, I said, I'm dead. (laughs) But in a few years, I'm going to be looking forward to my 60th birthday. And I told my wife, now, 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 wait, hold up. I said a few years. Let me be straight, okay? It is actually three and a half years 
some months, some days, some hours, minutes, and seconds. I'm not, and we ain't celebrating 60. No, we ain't not going to celebrate. What are we gonna, what are we, here's what we're going to do for 60. For 60, I'm just come in and say, I'm not old, and then I'm going to preach. How's that? No, I'm kidding you. We have, to, we have to be ready to transition, and every transition in life brings with it a different set of responsibilities, a different set of blessings, and a different set of challenges. We cannot treat transition like it, like it, it creates enemies. Now, this is interesting because what we learned in this is there's a process to transition. We're going to talk a lot about the process today. The Bible says the time came for Jesus to be received up, and he, he turned his face, and he, the Bible says he sought to go up to Jerusalem where he would offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And although the Bible says that Luke starts this, this um, record of his transition in Luke chapter 9, I said to you last week that, that it actually took 10 plus chapters. He doesn't transition till, or get to Jerusalem till Luke 19. So he leaves to Jerusalem where he was in Luke 9, and all, there's so many things that happened to him, so many people he met, so many miracles he performed and things he experienced in 10 chapters. The transition happened 10 chapters later. Because God is speaking to you about transition now, it doesn't mean he's telling you it's time to leave. God may, be, God may be stirring you about your job. It's time, for you, it's time for you to start doing some things. You can't stay forever. It doesn't mean you quit. Folks, I'm, if I don't quit now, I just won't quit. And then you, then, then you have another problem. Because the problem now is you have no job. You have no income. Because here's what you need to know about transition. We're going to talk about this today. God has a set time for things to shift in your life. And normally what happens to us, you are living out of two bags, two seed bags. There's a seed bag of your old nature, your flesh, and a seed bag of the spirit. If I'm planting seed from the spirit, from the, the, the seed bag of the spirit, it's bringing up spiritual harvest. It's bringing spiritual fruit into my life. I'm getting to what's called spiritual consequences. But if I'm, I'm planting seeds from my flesh bag, from my old nature, that means, watch this now, the consequences of flesh, a harvest of flesh is coming up. That, and God is good. He can deal with it. He understands where you are. But the problem is, although the penalty of sin is dealt with, the consequences of sin got to be dealt with as well. Jesus has dealt with the penalty of our sins, but the consequences we have to deal with. See consequences as the children of your decisions. All of your decisions will give birth to children. Might as well, here's the, thing about, here's the thing about children. Whenever children are born, they start another generation. They start another legacy. So if I want, if I want to go into the future with a legacy of life and strength and blessing, I need to make good decisions, although in the moment I may feel emotionally charged to make poor decisions. Sometimes poor decisions will speak to my now, but not to my tomorrow. And so i got to be careful because what happens, what the enemy does is when he realizes you're in transition, he tries to get you to make these fleshly, carnal, selfish decisions that's all about you and nobody else. And what ends up happening, watch this now, is that you have to, in, in, on your way to your new place in God or your new place in life, you have to deal with all these children, so to speak, of the decisions you made. Is this helping anybody yet? Now, this is a critical thing that we, we all got to work with. We all do it, and, and we have to work... Uh, and, and ask the Lord to help us to make better decisions. Why don't you say that out loud? Say, Lord, help me make better decisions. 
All right, and so last week we talked about transition must be done in faith. And we said faith doesn't leap, it's steps. Everything happens in steps. And when then, and, and if it's going to be in steps, it has to be planned. And we talked about the planning part of it. I'm rushing through this review because I got some stuff I got to say today. And I, what I said to you was God plans. Everything that God does is according to a set plan. Put Psalm 138, verse 8 on the screen. I'm just giving you a piece of some of the, what I talked about on last week for those of you that weren't here. God plans. The Lord will perfect that, the Bible says. Give me a um, New Living Translation. It says, um, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your, for your faithful love, O Lord, endorse forever. Don't abandon me. You made me, for you made me. The, the Lord is working out his plans for your life. God planned your life before you were born. When you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it talks again. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and, and a hope, something to look forward to. So we see here that God is a planning God. And the pattern of God is that whatever he gets, whenever he gets ready to do something, he will plan it, he'll set a time for it, he'll schedule things around it, and he expects us to do the same thing. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but understand, steps are a part of a plan. They actually call objectives. Here's a, 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 you have a plan, and a, a big plan has small objectives that leads up to the big goal. Here's how it works. So I have a goal ahead of me, and I'm in this place, my goal is to get to that place, and so I make little believable objectives to, uh, to get me to the place I need to be. So when we were first, when we were first planning this church, um, uh, I went to a church growth seminar with Dr. Ivy Hilliard, and he was saying, he was saying a lot of people um, want the kind of church I had. He had 20,000 members at the time. He said, but the thing is, you can't believe for 20,000. And he used an interesting example. He said, many people can't believe for a loaf of bread, but they can believe for a slice. Of bread. He says, so I want to teach you how to believe for a slice of bread. In other words, you can't make big plans, he said, but you, but you, you can't believe for it, but you can believe for little plans. And so what, what, a, what, a, uh, uh, what a plan is, is that I want to get from here to there, but I can't, I, I can't make the jump because faith doesn't leap. So what I do is I make these small objectives. So I say something like, like my, if my goal is to graduate from college, so objective number one is research the different courses to see what, what registers with me. Objective number two, um, get, talk to someone who is involved or been in that, in that area of work and see if they like it. Objective number three, go to, go to the college and meet with a counselor. See, I'm get, Objective number four, enroll in the course. Objective number five, pass the first semester. Objective number six, stay focused and pass the second semester. What about this? Objective number seven, take a double load the, the next semester. You see, you see what you, now, here's the thing. You're back here looking at getting there, but you're making these little, uh, 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 these, the, Bible, the Bible calls them steps, but in life they're called objectives. God orders those. God anoints those. God blesses objectives. They're called the steps to your, and here's the thing, if you have a plan that has no goal, it's not a plan, it's a dream. In other words, and here's, I'm going to add more to that, and if you do have a goal that has no terminal date, in other words, you don't, there's, in your plan, you don't say by this time next year, or by this time in two years, or by, if you don't have a date assigned to it, then you won't know when the fullness of time has come. You won't know to ask for an extension, extension grace from God. Planning is something that every believer that walks by faith has to do. You say, Pastor, you know what? I feel so carnal and unspiritual. So what's your plan? 
Anyone that's ever sat in front of my desk for counseling about something that needs to happen, the question I always lead with is, okay, so what's your plan? Because if you don't have a plan, you can't change. I can't help you change if you have no plan. No one can. You need, everybody say it out loud, say, I need a plan from the Lord to transition through this. Even if, listen, even if it's a relationship plan, a marital plan, a health plan, you say, I just, I just need to lose some weight. What's your plan? And Pastor, my problem is I get hungry. Baby, hear the thing. We all get hungry. My question is, is it a goal? Because if the goal... <laughs> if the, let's go on to the next thing. The problem with us, and, and you know people say, well, he just up there being, I'm not being mean. You know what happens to us? We want to be comfortable. We're saying we want to change. We want a better life. We, but you just want to be comfortable. I'm going to tell you something right now. You don't get to be comfortable. You don't get to lay in the bed and watch church in your pajamas and experience the Spirit of God. It doesn't happen like that. And now you can, I understand if you're sick, but you're just being late. I'm just tired. I'm tired too, but I have to be here to preach. You see what happens to us, and then we get mad at, we get mad at folks who have more than we have. But they're willing to do more than we're willing to do. Mm. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story. Featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Yes, indeed. Now I want to show you this. So, so I want to move forward with this, and I really want to get to this. I came today, I'm going to cut this short. I got four important features of a transition that you need to know. There are four things that you need to know about transitioning that I want to bring to you real quickly. I'm going to say them in order, then I'm going to go back and review each one and see can I get through all of them. Number one, transition always has purpose. That's number one. Number two, transition always demands preparation. 
Number three, transition always requires process. They're going to be all P's, and I, do that, I did that for you to remember them. And then number four, transition always creates progress. It requires process, but it creates progress. And I'm going to take you to the scriptures. I'm going to show you. I'm not just making this stuff up. This is from the word of God. So number one, transition always has purpose. It's, it's always to something, from something, uh, and not from something. Let me help you out. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 on the screen. I want to read those first three verses. Now, I, I want to show you something. Everybody look at me. What happens to many of us is that because we don't understand the process of growth, we, will want, we desire transition not because we have somewhere to go, but we, there's somewhere we want to leave. Some of us are such sheep in our thinking that we all, uh, the problem is, Pastor, I'm just so confused about my life. Because you've never ever settled in your heart what you want to do, who you are meant to be, where you want to go. Wherever you get, whenever you get around people, you always want to do what they're doing. You always want to be like that person. You always want to wear your hair like that person. You, you, do, you don't know who you are. And the first part of your transition is to settle in your heart that I can't be everybody I meet. This chameleon spirit, this morphing into everybody I meet, you got to shed that. You got to get rid of that because God created you to be an individual. This craziness about, I, I asked nine, I think ten kids in children's church, what do you want to be? Half want to be rappers and half want to be ba- basketball players. So you mean to tell me that all God is making in this day and age, all that's coming off of God's creation line is rappers and basketball players? No, what happened is they're looking around. What they're seeing is that these people are accepted and these people are praised and other people are neglected and they want that. What they're starving for is not their destiny, but it's acceptance. So what has to happen with you, the first thing that has to happen with you when you deal with this transition, listen, it always starts out. It's it's never about where I want want to leave. It has a purpose to it. I'm I'm going to something. Jesus knew it was time for him to go to Jerusalem. The Bible is not even mentioned where he was leaving from. It's not about where you're leaving from. Because here's the thing, you, if you think that the reason for you to leave a place is because it becomes uncomfortable, here's what I know. Things don't start to work good till they become uncomfortable. Years ago, I used to talk about this, and I saw it, I saw it on Facebook, or someone mentioned it, and, and it, it just dawned on me to, uh, to remind you of this. The, the Chinese ba- um, uh, bamboo tree, when you plant it, when you first put it in the ground, for the first four years, if all of the activity of that tree happens on the ground. For four straight years, you come and water the ground where you plant that thing, and you see nothing for four straight years. The only reason Chinese bamboo or tree or farmers know to do this is because they've been doing it. So they will show up and water that ground for four straight years. Here's what they know that we don't know. They know that in the fifth year, once that stem comes out the ground, it's going to grow 90 feet, 90 feet. Let me give you an example. That's 30 feet. Look at the ceiling right there. That's 30 feet. It will grow 90 feet in five weeks. You invest four years of watering, four years of taking care of it, four years of staying in this uncomfortable place, four years of people looking at you saying, what in the heck are you doing? Are you watering the ground? The uninitiated would look at you watering the bamboo tree that's that's working on the ground, building a deep root system so that when it shoots up in five weeks, it won't topple over. And you pouring water on it, and you stink, and it's an uncomfortable place to be, watering what you can't see. 
How many of you are in a position in the place right now where you're watering something you can't even see? Well, that, that's a part of your transition. But here's what you have to believe for. Just know this. The first time you see any sign of life from that tree, you got five weeks. You better move quickly. you got five weeks because it's going to be 90 feet tall, three times the height of this building. Transition is not, it's, it's, it's a, it, has, it has a purpose to it. It's, it's, it's about moving to something, not away from something. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man. I ain't gonna touch that. Lucius from Cyrene, Manian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. Look at verse 2. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Watch this now. Now, now give me. King James, so I could read this the way it's written. It says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereto, whereunto I've called them. Now, I'll go back to New Living Translation. Here's how it says it in New Living Translation. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. Here's what he said. He said, what I want you to do is, he said, I want you to, to lay hands on these men and separate them to a transition. Watch this now. That's not so much from you here in Antioch but to the place I'm sending them to. People come to you still at church? People who don't understand transition. One of the worst things you can do is leave a place of plantedness and go to a place of wandering just for the sake of wandering. When you leave somewhere, if you say, child, I want to tell you this right now, I can't do this no more. Why can't you do it anymore? Listen, I'm going to tell you what happens to us in situations. Uh, you know, and this is, can I be transparent for a moment? I'm going to be transparent for a moment. So, you know, uh, when, when I come to minister at NCC, people ask me all the time when I travel, they say, why are you in Alabama? For really, they say, man, we see your name every, why are you still in Alabama? And I always tell them this, because that's where God sent me. Here's the thing. Not just sent me, but he planted me there. Here's the thing. If, I, if a tree is planted, regardless of where it's planted, the potential is that it will bear fruit. Now, you could talk about where the garden is locate, located all you want to, but if a tree is uprooted, there is no chance it can bear fruit. You, you're playing games with people who ain't never bore fruit in their life, and they're messing with your fruitfulness, tell you you need to uproot. Uproot for what? And, and half the people that talk to me, they ain't, got no, they ain't got nothing to offer me. I ain't LeBron. I'm not taking my talents to anywhere. You got it? Le- LeBron, was, LeBron, says, LeBron can show up and uh, at, everybody wonder where he's going, where he's going. Because here's what they know. When he transitions, it's not about where he's leaving, it's where he's going to. And everybody was holding their, holding their breath, I mean waiting for him, and they're waiting with bated breath saying where he's going to land, and it pops up. Or LeBron goes to L.A., and all the Laker fans start talking junk, and all the bandwagoning fans start packing their bandwagons because we follow LeBron. Listen, we didn't just get a, a superstar, we got fans too. Let me show you something that's going to help you. Let me show you something that's going to help you. When you decide to leave anywhere, understand this. The two most important things in life are coming and going. Nothing shifts your life like that. Matter of fact, when Solomon first became king, 
And he stood before God and God said to him in the dream, ask me what you want and I'll give it to you. You know what Solomon said? He said, teach me how to go out and how to come in from before your people for who's able to stand before such a great people. He said, I'm but a child. Here's what he said God. He said to God, my problem about being king is that I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to what? The, the, the majority of the people I'm preaching to today, your problem is you don't know how to go out and you don't know how to come in. Because if, here's the thing. When you leave out, you, some of be honest, I'm going to talk about me. When I left my father's house when I was 15 years old, I ran away. Hid from him for weeks. By the time he was over his anger, we would see each other in passing. I look at him from a distance. He looked at me. I was always ready to run. I spent the rest of my life. My life went straight downhill, end up in the ghetto. Why? My, my father has, I just didn't want to listen to him anymore. He wasn't abusing me. I just didn't want to listen to him anymore. I was 15 years old. And I went out. Here's the problem. When I went out from his house, by the time I transitioned and moved to Miami, I, I lived with, my, with my, my, our girlfriend's aunt, and they put me out within the first two weeks. You know why? Because the way you go out always affect the way you come in. And I spent, it seemed like everywhere I went, I ended up either moving too quickly to leave, or watch this now, or, or I ended up being kicked out until I ended up homeless. And what God did with that, he began to lead me and to transition me, and I learned before I got saved that there's an invisible hand leading my life. I ended up in the military, and they forced me. Listen, if I had my way, I'd have left. When the training got hard in the military, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I remember one time a drill sergeant said, get down. I said, no, I'm not do I'm done. They're like, Private Ramsey, get down and give us push-up. I said, no, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, no, I'm, I'm done. I tried to walk off. <laughs> They're like, Soldier, right where you stand, we have you locked up tonight. You'll be scooping of filth out the grease pit with a spoon. Take another step. And I stood there. And all, all my friends were like, man, please, please, don't, don't. And I was thinking to myself, what are you doing? He said, come here. He said, we're going to teach you how to be a man. He said, you're a runner. And the, the next three weeks of my life were the worst weeks of my life. But when I left there and I went back to Miami to see my friends, when they saw me, they said, man, look at you. I didn't even notice I had changed. Put on muscle or had, was determined, had made decisions, making man-sized decisions. The problem is you always ended up in a place. You're always running from something, never to something. So you end up anywhere that would take you. Transition is not about where I'm leaving from. I will stay in this uncomfortable place in my life. If, if it's difficult, I will stay until God. I will begin to talk to God. God, I, I, need, I need a goal. Where am I going? Once he gives me the goal, once he shows me something, then I set up objectives because he's going to order my steps. Who am I helping today? All right, that's number one. Look at number two real quickly. So, so uh, the second feature about transition is that transition always demands preparation. You don't run into it. You walk into it. You walk into it. You don't leave out running. If you leave out running, you're going to come in running. And if you run into something, I'm going to tell you something. I prefer to walk into something than to run into it. You know what we call running into something? An accident. 
You got it? And so when, if I leave out running, most, most times I, I end up running right into a situation or we just ran into each other. That's not cool. I prefer scheduled meetings if I can. All right? Now, this is important. So it demands preparation. The word prepare, by definition, means to make ready by adding what's missing or by cutting away what's unnecessary. The, the, the word pair, P-A-R-E, is the word they use for when, they, when they, you pair apples. When you pair apple, what do you do with it? Come on, all the cooks. What do you, when you pair, you, to pair apple, what does it mean? You, you cut the skin off. You peel it. You cut away the unnecessary parts of it that you don't need that part for your cooking. That's to pair an apple. Well, it's the same word. The word prepare means to cut away beforehand. The prefix pre means before. The word pair means to cut away or remove what's unnecessary. And so this word uh, uh, preparation or to prepare, it literally means to make ready by adding to or taking away. I want to show you a couple scriptures to give you an understanding of how it works. So transition always demands preparation. When you're transitioning, from the moment you sense it's time to transition, you enter into a period of preparation. Everything that God does in the moments of leading up to your transition, they are preparatory. They are what? I'm about to help your life. God will add people to your life when it's time for you to transition that will not be with you when you get to where you're going. Their responsibility was not to be with you. Their, their responsibility, I, I say it like this, their responsibility was not to stand with you. Their responsibility was to walk with you. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.